This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. While all the buzz is around the next-gen consoles that launched this week, I want to talk about a handheld that was popular in the 80s that's making a comeback. Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is gaming expert and amateur or semi-professional magician, Scott Stein. Welcome, Scott. Totally amateur. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I grew up with a few of these Game & Watch handhelds, but uh, for some of our perhaps younger listeners, can you explain what these things are. Yeah, so Game & Watch came before the Game Boy. This was uh, this was Nintendo's first foray into handheld games. And they were these black and white LCD things that only played one game per device. And they, they beeped. They had these static kind of like animation screens that would just do only so many preset animations. And I, I love the heck out of these things. When I, I'm old, so when I was in summer camp, in the 80s, that was my handheld game. So I had a whole bunch of these that I would play and they get me through my summers. Yeah, I remember my parents picking up a couple for me when I think we were out in Hong Kong and like being a kid, I didn't really want to go out and see anything. I wanted to like read a book or play video, play this. Um, and I remember one where I think I was like catching bombs. I was going back and forth and I just remember, yeah, there were pre-rendered images and basically like, as you move the control pad, it would switch the one image where you're like catching a bomb on the left, catching a bomb on the right. And it was just, it was super simplistic, but I spent hours playing these things. Uh, now Nintendo is coming back. It's the same sort of hardware. I mean, it looks the same, but obviously it plays a little bit differently. Uh, tell me a bit about the new Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, so like I'm a total Game & Watch nerd. And I will say Nintendo has revisited Game & Watch in the past with these little versions of those games on the DS and 3DS. And I have a compilation on the Game Boy Micro that I still play, uh, which is a total throwback. I lead into that because if you've been following Game & Watch, that's not what the, this new one is. It does have one Game & Watch game called Ball, which was the first Game & Watch game. It's just this juggling character catching balls. It's pretty simple. But the rest of it, they, they put the full Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels on this little handheld, which are like the complete games with the color screen uh, that you played a million times. Um, so that's really cool. But that's not like the game and watch as we remember it. It's a whole new idea. And yeah, so how, how uh, beyond that, I mean, it's, is it just the, the first game or like what, what exactly are you getting in this game and watch handheld or is it multiple? You mentioned those two games. Is there anything else though? That's it. You're getting three games. You're getting Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers, The Lost Levels, which is like Japan, Japanese Mario Brothers 2 that's been in compilations. And you get those on the Nintendo Switch online service and this ball game. And then that's it. Plus like this watch mode, which is the time like these these things always used to tell the time. But if you press that, you get to see the animated time and you can just watch Mario jump and there's time. I mean, it's cute, but it's like just a total collector's item. Like you don't need that. It's like, it's just, and that's the entire package 
and you turn it on and you play it and it does that and that's that's game and watch and how, how much does one of these go for these are fifty dollars so that's not cheap wow yeah that yeah. is that is not cheap that's a lot more than what we spent for these things and yeah, you could argue that they're giving you a little bit more but it's not that much more no, but it's set up to be a total collector's item. And Nintendo has been doing this this year, and, and they're dipping their toes more into this with like limited edition game things. It, it, a lot of people compared it to Disney's Vault, you know, where they kind of release stuff and then put it away. The, the Super Mario 3D Classics is a limited time game. Super Mario 35 on the Switch can only be played through March. This is apparently only being sold through March. And the NES Classic was, was a kind of a limited time thing too, even though it hung around for a while. So that's to preface that this is a total collector's item thing. You don't need it. I do irrationally love it, but that's because I love Game & If you're a Game & Watch nerd, this is the first Game & Watch they've made in a long time. But it just made me wish they had made this a real Game & Watch museum rather than... It's like a turducken of retro is what I said in the article. You know, like it. they stuck another retro experience into the retro experience that that wasn't originally part of it. Right. So it wasn't, it's not really an authentic retro experience. It's just like it's, but it's multiple retro experiences, both physically and then in the actual game, but they're just different. So there's a bit of a, a contrast there. There is. Although of course, like as a kid in the eighties, I would have killed to have this. Like this would have been an absolute miracle to, because all of those game and watch games were trying to make the games you played at the arcade, like Donkey Kong. But the versions they had were all like bleepy and blippy and like not the thing. But you'd go, okay, it's like it's like the Tiger Electronics games. Like, you know, all those little LCD games were like trying to make you think of the better experience. So the full Super Mario Brothers on a little thing, I would have loved. But we also can get a lot more now. So that's cool. It's just, it's a different concept. I will say that the feel of it, like the red rubber buttons on this Game & Watch are totally the red rubber buttons that were on those Game & Watches way back. Like the feel of it reminds me a lot of that little childhood device. That's important, that, that idea of getting the feel of these things uh, for that nostalgia to work. But I guess once nostalgia wore off, or maybe it's still going on for you, but in terms of the experience, if you could take nostalgia out of the equation, like what are you left with? You're left with a little thing that plays Mario Brothers. And you know, th these things already, like I was saying, like these things exist. Like you could play Pac-Man or Tetris or, you know, you, stores are full of these little mini arcade devices that you can you can get. And so this is not new. Sega has one with the Game Gear that's like, I, it's in Japan, these super tiny Game Gears that, pl that play games. Um, and they're all absurd. So what you do get is at least the way it feels and controls is really comfortable. Like it's actually a really nice little experience for playing Mario Brothers for what it's worth. Like it's not some of these, you'd never want to play the game on that little tiny thing, but I appreciate the ergonomics of it. Um, and it's kind of like a little stress reliever, but you know, for $50, that's a lot. If it was 20 bucks, you, you might say like, okay, totally. I would, I would just get one to keep it on my desk. I think this is one of those things that for the Nintendo fan, clearly, and that's what Nintendo is increasingly leaning into is dot, dot, dot for the Nintendo fan. And I think that's exactly what this symbolizes in a year where Nintendo doesn't have a new console. Yeah, that's a good point. The, uh, and this is part of their big Mario 35th anniversary, right? Yeah, it is. And, and so they've been making a big deal of that. And, and, and also like this year, we don't know what Nintendo would have had in this calendar year. I don't think there would have been a new Switch even even uh, if there hadn't been a coronavirus. In the beginning of the year, Nintendo had, had said that. 
But it, 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 like going back to that new console thing, when we have so many people excited about the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, and Nintendo made a tremendous success story with Animal Crossing, there's kind of like, well, what's the next chapter? And Nintendo doesn't have it yet. So there's a little like bit of, despite the incredible success selling the Switch, like their sales numbers keep keep being really high, it, they're kind of treading water to like, what's the next thing after that? They don't need to have a next thing, but we're expecting they might have a new Switch, like a pro version next year. It, at, at the four-year mark, it seems like that would be kind of overdue. And then the the this Game & Watch, is this more of a one-off or do you think this is something that Nintendo, Nintendo will continue to release, like a, a line of these retro $50 handhelds? I think it would be a total Nintendo move and a shrewd one to like do a bunch of them because, you know, like collector shoes. I think a lot of people kind of see this stuff in that kind of territory where you have these things and, and much like the original Game & Watch, that's what they were like, where they had different versions that came out over the years. And maybe you got the one that had pinball. Maybe you had oil panic. Maybe you had some other special version. And then if you miss the first one, maybe you get the next one. I mean... It seems totally Nintendo that they would make a Zelda one and they would make a Metroid one and they would just keep going down the line. But Nintendo also drops the ball on doing the next step that you think they would do on some things where you're like, oh, they got to put this thing on next and then they don't. So it, they're very hard to read with this stuff. I would expect that. But um, I, I think I think they're also just testing the waters with like, I would even put, put the uh, Mario Kart in that territory while the, that Mario Kart Live home circuit is a very cool camera-equipped AR racing car. It's another kind of a collector's item thing. Nintendo's done this for many years, to be clear, but I think that they are really pushing into that now with the whole collectibles landscape. All right, well, speaking of the, the next-gen consoles that was our referenced earlier, um, you know, obviously our colleagues have had some time with the, the PS5, the Xbox Series X. Um, like me, you don't have one yet, um, and you would think about getting one. I'm just curious where you're as as a gamer, uh, what your thoughts are on these next gen consoles. If you are looking to get one of these, or or at least try to get one of these, it's been very difficult. Uh, or if you're going to hold off until 2021. I mean, it's always tempting when you see something like this. The FOMO gets really strong, and and if you if you're into new things and you you've been depriving yourself of stuff in other ways this year, you have the money, which is a real question mark. I mean. Uh, you know, that determines stuff too. People may say, okay, I'm going to get one because I want to treat myself. But they're extremely hard. I tried to get an Xbox Series X and a PlayStation 5 and failed multiple times. I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't review one. They're really hard to get. And I think that everything indicates that you wait on these because they play the games you can already play on the Xboxes and PlayStation 4s that exist. And the games that are really going to make the most of these things aren't here yet. There's a, there's a handful of good games that show a lot of promise. A lot of them seem like graphic updates to stuff that we've we've already been playing. Uh, there, there are very few. I mean, I totally want to hold the PlayStation 5 controller. I want to know what the dual sh uh, dual sense feels like and the haptics. But but for me on the PlayStation 5, and I wrote about this early in the week, I'm super into VR. Not everyone is. But I want to see what they do with, with PlayStation VR. At the moment, PlayStation 5 doesn't really do anything with PlayStation VR. I mean, it plays PlayStation VR games, but it's not really optimizing or pushing them to new territory. And it requires you bring all that old gear. 
And they're probably going to have a, a new PSVR at some point, which is when I would be much more interested in a PS5. But And the Xbox Series X does feel really nice, but more incremental. So, you know, the flip side to that is that I'd be kind of working on this other story where I think about the, the, the technologies that I feel like have been very futuristic for me have been the consoles, what I, I think they're consoles, the Nintendo Switch and the Oculus Quest. And not to say that you get one or the other necessarily, because they're, they're, they're very apples and oranges, but, you know, it just reminds me that like the Quest and the Switch have provided what are new ways to play and feel like they're pushing boundaries in ways that the traditional consoles don't even if they're not as graphically powered. So for me, that that really has an impact. And I find that a more interesting territory. Now, it's, people are going to be like, okay, well, whatever, Scott. But I mean, you know, sure, like they're just different genres. If you want to play games that you want to stream, you want to be able to play multiplayer games, esports things, other stuff, consoles are your destination or PC games. And they're just kind of, I guess what I'm saying is it's okay if you didn't get one. Indications are that they're nice, but they don't do a ton yet. And there's a lot of backwards compatibility question marks with 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 some things still, which are like a little bit weird. No, that's that's good advice for anyone who is feeling that FOMO, who does, you know, yearn for one of these next gen consoles and is unable to get them because yeah, I I mean I tried as well. Uh, on Walmart had a bunch of sales us uh, yesterday, failed every single time. And I probably will not get one, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. They're bad pre-order systems. I know everybody says that, but they're bad. Like, it's really frustrating. It is. Hopefully, our listeners have more luck than us. So thanks, Scott, for your time. You can check out his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send me a text message by signing up at 646-461-4291. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really does help us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>